Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared. This is a, a time when we get this break from the bye, go directly back into the SEC play against Arkansas. Jared, how are you feeling about you know the bye week and now leading into this Arkansas hate week? <laughs> Arkansas hate week. Um, I, I don't know. You know, you, you get all hyped up and wired up when, when you're seeing the product on the field. And then now we're so many days removed from our last game and you kind of, I don't know, you kind of just get calmed down again. And uh, I mean, I, I actually have a little bit of optimism to be honest with you, the way our offense played last, last game against Ole Miss. So all in all, you know, there, it seems to be pretty quiet. Not a lot of craziness going on uh, at Auburn. Boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Hopefully they were able to get some good rest and, and prepare for this Arkansas game. Yeah. I think the optimism is is felt not just by you but others. Uh, I mean, coming into the season, I think we all thought Arkansas was going to be a, a probably like an eight, maybe ten win team if they're having a really good year. They've kind of – they're now four and three – uh, kind of, I feel like settled back into what I think of a typical Arkansas team is, which is six and six, seven and five type team, which is still good, uh, especially in the SEC. Um, and that's about where I, I see this team kind of finishing. Uh, if we kind of look back at, you know, Arkansas this past, uh, this past season, they, they're kind of, uh, they've done some pretty good things. You know, they competed against Texas A&M. But now we look at Texas A&M, and that you know doesn't necessarily look as good. Um, they also got beat and slaughtered, not just beat, but slaughtered by Mississippi State, forty to seventeen, uh, and by Bama, forty nine to twenty six. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, you know, from how much success they had last year to this year, I feel like kind of you know coming back down to that level. How are you kind of thinking? You know they're going to finish out their season. Um, now that you've now we're you know a little bit of halfway over this uh, through the season. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I haven't watched enough of their games. Um, I mean, I will say I'm with you. I, I think everybody was buying the Arkansas hype, and it was kind of funny. I mean, I don't correct me if I'm what were they? They went like four and four last year in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I got, I get the excitement because they were so bad like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody was like, okay, they were basically crowning a team to be right behind Alabama that was four and four last year. Um, that lost a, uh, maybe a first round pick receiver. I, I, I know he was pretty highly thought of in the NFL and went pretty high. 
they lost a lot of senior leadership on defense. They had a lot of players that, that came back due to COVID and, you know, they had a pretty good defense last year. They lost those players. So they're terrible this year defense. So, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I'm with you. I think probably seven and five. I think they are good enough on offense. I think their quarterback is good enough. I think their run game is good enough to finish seven and five. But, um, you know, they don't, as bad as we are right now, they don't scare me, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I think coming into the season, I was thinking, all right, I, I, we all know that Auburn tends to be pretty good after a bye week. And there's just the past with, you know, we tend to, you know, and specifically, you know, dating back to Gus, like we figured out Arkansas, we beat them very consistently. So I think we had this idea of, oh, we can probably beat them. Uh, but they could also be a surprise team that, you know, they really put up a fight. Um, and they're still putting up fights, but they're just not uh, winning at, I'm sure, the rate that the Arkansas fans are kind of hoping. Um, that Texas A&M beat by them looks a lot worse now. A&M is not good. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just not. They're, I mean, this is an Auburn fan saying that, but they're, I feel like, um, I know it's a little off topic, but, you know, we're at a spot right now. Okay, we're not good. Everybody's pretty sure we're going to make a coaching change. And then there, there's hope again, right? Mm-hmm. A&M, they're going to have to pay $85 million to make a coaching change. So yeah. <laughs> they're in a pretty bad spot. But I, I kind of carried over from just saying how Arkansas lost to A&M, and A&M's just not playing good ball. So um, that was, you know, that's a game Arkansas probably should have had. Yeah. And, to, you know, we talk about head coaches. The head coach for Arkansas, I mean, he turned that program around from what we were talking about where it was – dead last in the West uh, to now they're competing and that's exciting. Um, And I think Sam Pittman is a good coach. Uh, I think most people have at least to some degree looked at Arkansas and said, wow, he's brought some success there. Um, And for a school like Arkansas, that doesn't have the prestigious uh, nature as much as uh, bigger schools in the SEC, they're, they're making it. And uh, that's pretty impressive to see what they're doing with their, their own level of talent uh, and just kind of, you know, Sam Pittman's, you know, hard nosed mindset that uh, I I think Auburn is going to have to bring their a game against Arkansas, especially in the trenches, because Arkansas is one of those teams that uh, they kind of pride themselves in, in that blue collar nature. Um, So, I mean, we've said it, (laughs) Harson said it in the past. That's kind of our goal. Um, And really not until, that Ole Miss game, did we really see us kind of establish the run game? And uh, I think that's going to be a key for us uh, going against Arkansas this next week. All right. So let's talk about our players to watch for Arkansas. Uh, we'll start out offense and then go to defense and special teams. Jared, who are you going to be watching in this game against Arkansas? Um, Probably the offensive line. If they can repeat what they did against Ole Miss – I think we win the ball game. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think if that same O-line performance comes out against Ole Miss at home against Arkansas, I, th- I think we pull out a win. Yeah. I mean, the amount of uh, holes that they were able to open uh, and, and, you know, in combination with, I feel like Tank and Jarquez finally hit their stride, uh, which we had, we had hoped for. And it literally took seven games in for us to actually see that come to fruition. Uh, and my player, I mean, I'm going to be watching running backs, you know, plain and simple. 
because I think this game is going to be won or lost by how well the running backs do. And that kind of plays in hand in hand with what you're looking at, which is the offensive line and the success that they have pushing uh, the Arkansas defensive line around um, and kind of periphery, obviously Robbie, how he develops um, because as we're seeing almost, it feels like every game, it's a little bit, uh, you know, we see the potential. We start seeing the small improvements uh, made by him. So, uh, kind of, you know, that whole piece as well. All right, let's talk about defense a little bit. Jared, uh, who are you going to be walk- watching on defense for Auburn? It's a broken record. It's going to be linebacker play. And what do we do with that? Do we put it, do we, you know, we got a pretty highly touted freshman. Do we got, um, does Cam Riley come back? I hadn't heard his name mentioned. I don't know if he's been able to play. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, you know, Steiner and, Papo had a decent game last game, but the, that that combo is not getting the job done. Um, do, so do we mix and match? Do we change it up? Is Cam Riley healthy enough to get back out there? I can't think of the freshman's name, but at some point you're like, just you know, and maybe he's not better than the other guys. But if he is, and you're worried about his experience, well, <laughs> experience isn't doing well. So uh, you just put the best player on the field. So I'll be keeping keeping an eye on that position, and probably will be until further <laughs> notice. Yeah, I feel like that's a constant uh, kind of theme for us. I, I mean, it, it really is. It feels like almost every game, it, kind of our defense, as good as they are, I feel like they kind of uh, still have their one of the bigger holes is the linebackers. Um, well, and just, I watched, and I know you're about to give your person to watch, but I watched the LSU Ole Miss game, and like Ole Miss was running those jet sweeps. LSU was there to stop it every time. And we had nobody out there on those jet sweeps. That's why they ran for 450 yards. Right. And I don't get it. Like, I don't know if that's schematics or what, but it, we're not in the right place on run plays ever. And so uh, maybe it's schematic. Maybe I need to say Jeff Schmetting. I need to watch him. But um, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it was frustrating to watch Ole Miss out there every time stopping that jet sweep. Um, and, and we had nobody out there. No answers for it. Yeah. Uh, the and you know looking at what Arkansas does they like to run the ball they're pretty balanced uh average about 248 yards in the passing and then 240 yards running the ball per game and, and you look at that those numbers that's you know cumulative almost 500 yards of offense per game and uh that that usually equates to points and Auburn's gonna if we want to keep up with Arkansas we're gonna have to uh you know, we're gonna have to do our job um, the defense is going to have to plug those holes and offense score points. Um, yeah, for defense, I mean, linebacker is an easy one, but I think another key one is kind of watching, uh, especially with injuries, um, kind of how that edge position continues to develop. Um, you know, Eku's out, uh, Derek Hall has been put in work. I mean, he's, I think probably one of the most played, uh, you know, personnel on our defense. He has so many snaps out there. And you know, seeing him still game in and game out disrupting plays, and uh, you know that's after him being on the field for you know fifty plus plays a game. That's a lot on a person, but he's doing it. And uh, yeah, can you explain? I think we played five defensive linemen against Ole Miss. They ran almost ninety plays. Can you explain yeah. that to me from a like help help me? Yeah. I didn't play football growing up. Help me understand why that would ever happen. I I guess it uh, so. If I was a coach, especially in the SEC, I don't know if I would have made that decision because I'm just thinking about the rotation. You have to rotate guys in, especially defensive line, where it is a physical position. 
and uh, you're you're putting in the you're doing the grunt work, and that's not easy work. So I, I honestly question that why they only had five guys that rotated in on defensive line last game. I would have had probably closer to like eight just with how much you have to you know you have to play. So maybe that that truly is like I meant like I mentioned like I'm I'm watching Edge, and I'm curious if that's a depth issue where we're not trusting the guys past, you know, the fifth guy. Let me ask you this. Is it possible to remain physical the entire game when hmm. the other team's running 80-plus plays? I mean, probably not, let's be honest. <laughs> so is it – so at some point you have to weigh your odds, right? Okay, this – like Jeffrey Emba, I realize he is just a physical dude who doesn't fully understand football. At some point, put him out there. He can fill some gaps, right? He might – out of sure athleticism, make a sack. I mean, you got to give the other, you got to give people breaks. Right. I don't understand. Now I know on edge, we don't have a lot of options there. Yeah. Maybe you don't rush into edge every play. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe you, you put another dude out there, uh, you, but you cannot, I mean, Derek Hall is playing every position on the field. He looks like he, he, he had a pick in a game. Like he was playing uh cornerback. Yeah. And then the linebacker where they should be. And the dude needs a break. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm curious how they kind of self-evaluate themselves because, I mean, bye weeks are just by nature a time for you because you're not having to prepare for the next team. It's a time for you to reflect on you know previous games. I'm curious that the coaching staff, uh, I'm sure they looked at that and said, hey, this is how many snaps each player got, specifically at defensive line. And I hope they reevaluate and uh, spread the load a little bit more. Um, even if the guys aren't necessarily ready, I would rather, you know, them get the experience so that in the future, uh, we have a strong defensive line because more than likely we've got Eku and Derek all leaving, uh, along with potentially others, uh, you know, just graduating or, uh, going to the NFL. So I want to see more experience at the defensive line because we all know if you have a strong defensive line that kind of dictates, the other team, what they can do. So um, one other kind of thought, and this kind of goes along with our defense, uh, just thinking about KJ Jefferson, you know, that's Arkansas, you know, last year, <laughs> he kind of broke out as their quarterback. He was making waves. And uh, I feel like this year he hasn't played up to the standards of what a lot of Arkansas fans have kind of hoped he would. But if you look at his stats, they're not terrible. He's got 14 touchdowns. And he leads college football in only one interception thrown all year. That's honestly very impressive. You know, going yeah. you know seven games through a season and only having one interception. So that's a fourteen you know fourteen to one ratio there for touchdowns to interceptions. I, I think he could be you know if we don't if we're, we we don't uh, what is the word we don't you know pay attention to him enough. He could make us pay. And pay dearly because 14 touchdowns is a good, you know, good bet for a quarterback throughout this season. Um, so our DBs are also going to have to, you know, kind of, they're have to, they're going to have to be on their toes. All right, let's switch to uh, special teams, Jared. Who are you going to be watching for Auburn? Um, it's just, it's just not a lot of, you know, there's only about three options, so it probably yeah. kind of boring. I mean, you got Carlson, you got our our punter, and you got really kick returners i'm gonna stick with carlson i mean you know we're not 
dominant. So at the end of the day, if we're going to win a game, there's probably going to be a few field goals that have to be made. So, um, and I feel like he's played much better since the Missouri game. So, um, yeah, let's see, let's see, you know, if he's able to continue that and, uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is pretty impressive, which I think it, it kind of did show, you know, he had some rust, you know, Daniel Carl or uh, Andres Carlson early in the season where, you know, he was missing some field goals that, you know, we, we got accustomed to him and even his brother Daniel making. So, I think it's showing, you know, later in the season, he's getting that confidence back. Um, his his leg is probably more healthy now um, after his ACL injury. So uh, the guy I'll be watching, and it's actually going to be multiple guys, is pretty much the kickoff return team. Um, just thinking back to what Ole Miss did uh, with their onside kick, I'll be curious to see if we change formations a little bit. Um, so instead of having a guy, you know, 15, 20 yards off the, you know, the kickoff, are we going to have guys closer to that 10 yard mark just so, uh, you know, Arkansas doesn't get too smart and, uh, you know, try something a little tricky on us, uh, when they're probably, since it is in Jordan hair uh, for a noon game, uh, they're probably going to try to, you know, take some of that crowd out of, out of play. How do you do that by turnovers? And that's in my mind, a, one of the biggest turnovers is successfully, you know, executing one of those uh, onside kicks. So we'll have to, you know, be on our toes ready for that. All right, let's get into our score predictions for this game. Uh, Arkansas right now, at least it opened up on Sunday as Arkansas is a three and a half point favorite and uh, ESPN actually favors Auburn slightly. Uh, in their predictions, uh, with Auburn winning 56% of the time. I have a feeling this could be a game that Auburn can win. And I feel like that's a general theme that I feel like a lot of people say. But when when you kind of factor in the bye week, uh, I feel like the bye weeks can be very uh, you know health healthy for the players. But it's also a, all right, hey, we're seven seven weeks in. We've uh, you know tried a lot of stuff. What's the stuff that's working, and what do we want to do for the rest of the season? And that's that's kind of where you can take this mindset and say, all right, hey, we can prepare for Arkansas, fix the things. Which I mean, the coaches have said it. Even some of the players have said it. A lot of times, it's just the execution that's the problem. And if they can start executing, I think we could win against Arkansas as well as potentially upset some teams later on in our schedule. So, Jared, how are you kind of feeling with your score prediction against Arkansas? I think preseason you had us winning by 14 points, 35-21, kind of that range. You know, we're, we're you know, three and three, or uh, three and four. What are we? Are we three and four? Three and four. Right. Yeah, three and four, and Arkansas is four and three. So, how are you kind of feeling, you know, now that we're, at this point, um, if Ole Miss would have never happened, I, I would have predicted Arkansas to win. He's not easily in the sense of blowing us out, but just we can't move the ball. Uh, Ole Miss happened, <laughs> and we ran for over 300 yards, I believe. And you know, we our superstar running back looked like a superstar. Uh, Robbie made some fantastic plays again, keeping his eyes down the field. You know, making things happen. Amari uh, Kelly, 
made a made a, a couple of good grabs. Um, I think uh, the Jay Fair freshman receivers are coming along. So my my whole point of all this is saw some positive things in that game. The offensive line opened some holes. Um, and really, if we don't turn the ball over um, and have an unfortunate pass interference call, that mm-hmm. that game may end different on the road at Ole Miss. So the whole point of all that is Arkansas's defense is worse than Ole Miss's. It's at home. I don't think we're great. I think we do win. Um, I think we win by 10. I think at home, and I'm banking on the O-line, at least being equal to what they did at Ole Miss. Um, I think that's possible against Arkansas's defense. If we can do that, um, Robbie's got to cut down on the turnovers, like the stupid turnover. I, I mean, a pick, a pick a game you can live with with a young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't be like fumbling the ball. Almost a lot of his aren't even where we lose it. It just kills a drive, right? You know, fumbling the exchange or fumbling, you know, just the the snap. If he can stay calm, get rid of those mistakes. Um, yeah, I think I'm picking us to win by ten. Yeah, and, and again, it's at home. the The environment still, which is you know pretty impressive to me. You know, I feel like we'll still be closer to you know the full capacity sold out kind of crowd it will be mid midday but i mean albert's had some some games like that in jordan hair already and the stadium has been pretty you know alive and so i don't have any you know fears of of that happening or not happening so i i really do think that the 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 way that auburn's going to win this is by running the ball and if we can run the ball with with our offensive line doing what they need to I have some some I have a lot of faith in what we can do, uh, and just kind of looking back at even uh, you know, what Arkansas has been able to allow. I mean, they're they're allowing a decent amount amount of rushing uh, per per game, but really where where they can be gashed a lot is in the pass game. So I'll be curious to see how they approach this. You know, do they attack the pass? You know, or do they kind of go back to what they did and was very successful against Ar- or Ole Miss where they run the ball. Um, if they go to the pass game, uh, we got to, you know, get Robbie comfortable really quickly, you know, give him some easy passes. I mean, that's, that's how we get Robbie into a position where he can, he can help win, win us this game. All right. Um, for my prediction, I guess I haven't officially given that. I think we're going to win by a touchdown. So by seven points, I think it will be kind of in that range of like 21 to 28 kind of range. It could potentially also climb up into the thirties. I could also see that um, if both teams are scoring and I think it just showing, you know, what Auburn did against Ole Miss and Arkansas can score as well um, with them averaging about 32 points per game. Yeah. It could be somewhere in that range. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about kind of some just general stuff before you jump into our final segment of the day, which will be an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC. 
you know, a lot of the talk over the last, you know, week or so has been around Harson. And, uh, you know, some people were thinking, oh, yeah, Harson's he's, he's going to get fired um, on the bye week. It obviously hasn't happened, but kind of the, the general thought is it will happen at some point uh, in the next, you know, few months. So how does that, you know, kind of, you know, how does that affect, you know, how we approach the rest, you know, as a fan, how does that approach our outlook towards the rest of the season? Uh, you know, probably thinking that he will, you know, get fired. It's a weird spot. I mean, there's people out there actively wanting Auburn to lose every game, so he gets fired. Uh, I'm not going to tell not, anybody. I'm, I'm not, not that e- way. I, I'm like, not either. I, I, I think that if you're one of those people, like, I, I would challenge you not to, but obviously you do what you want. Um, I just think that's a that's harsh. Like, that's, that's a hard way, you know, that you're harshing? not just rooting against like one one guy, you know, one coach. You're kind of rooting against the players, in my mind. Yeah, I just made a stupid corny joke. I said, "Is well, that harshin? Is that harshin? Harson? Harson? You said that's harsh. That's terrible." Yeah, that um, was pretty bad. That was yeah, that was that was that's, one of the lower that might bad, be one of the worst dad, jokes. bad jokes I've ever done. Wow, <laughs> and that's and that bar was not high. Um, yeah, I'm with you. So I'm not going to ever tell anybody what to do, right? I mean, do what you want to do. But, uh, I mean, the the whole point of wanting a new coach is so you win football games. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to actively want your team to lose, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, if Harson were to run the table and recruiting picked up, we've talked about this, I'd be all right keeping him. I don't care. I just want to win football games. Like, Harson's not done anything so bad off the field that we know about to where I'm like, this guy's got to go regardless. If he mm-hmm. starts winning football games and recruiting picks up, keep him. I don't care. So I think at the end of the day, if we, I, I mean, I'll, as a fan, what I would say is really just kind of relax. It's almost a win-win situation, right? It, if we go out there and win, you get to celebrate. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. If we don't go out there and win, not that you're actively rooting for that, but if we don't go out there and win, you know, a change is coming and a change always right. brings hope. So I would say just watch the game. Don't have any stress enjoy it if we win dive into that don't come out and say well that just means harson's going to be given another week who cares like we're trying to win football games here this is for the kids enjoy it and don't let anybody take that away from you is what i would say yeah yeah and to me you can see you know i'm thinking back when we were 21 to 0 against Ole Miss. like if the team really didn't care you know, they would have probably just packed their bags and, you know, it, the game would have ended like 48 to 10 or something, but it didn't. And the team fought back. And I, I think rooting for that is a lot more fun than hoping that some failure happens. You, you make a great point. I heard somebody else say this. They said if Harson had lost the team, uh, they would have gotten blown out at Ole Miss. Like you don't, when you've lost your team, you don't come back from Yeah. Um, and we didn't win the ball game, but they absolutely came back and, and are a few, you know, really two plays, a, a pass interference and an onside kick away from, you know, maybe tying that game up. So mm-hmm. that's a great point. If uh, uh, they, they they are fighting, they're still fighting. And um, and, I, and I, I fully expect them to keep fighting throughout the rest of the season. I do too. Like, I, I think, you know, I hope, and I really do hope, we managed to get six wins so we get to go to a bowl game because that that could be so crucial uh, for this team. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of a reward for, hey, 
it, the season didn't go as well as you were hope, hoping, but you get those extra practices and, uh, you know, like you mentioned in, in your players to watch a lot of the guys you you've kind of you know pointed out, let's, let's let the younger guys come and play. And that's a perfect time for them to show up and show out, uh, in a bowl game. I, I uh, you're talking about winning six games. I, man, this old Miss, that old Miss offensive performance has just screwed me up. Cause I'll be honest with you right now today. I have I would pick us to win our, our final three home games. Um, now that could easily change by yeah three thirty on Saturday, um, but yeah, as this very moment, Arkansas, Western Kentucky, and A and M. I mean, if you get just a few things right, being at home, you can win those games. They're easily winnable games. Right. Well, and and I give us even some somewhat of a, a chance even against you know Mississippi State. Yeah, because. Guess what? What is one of our strengths? Our secondary. Yeah. And what does Mississippi State do all the time? Pass the wall. <laughs> yeah, we are we are actually a bad matchup for them because our weakness is not what they do well. So right. you make a great point there. I wasn't going to go as far as saying, hey, I have us winning that one too. Let's no. see what happens Saturday. But if we go out there and play well Saturday, I will probably predict us to beat Mississippi State. Again, I know it's one game. But, like, literally, we saw if the O-line can create any kind of holes, we saw what Jarquez, Tank, and I think even Damari had, like, probably two runs of almost eight or nine yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah, so we saw what it can be. And did they actually figure something out? And, I, and I'm banking they right. did. If they, if they didn't, all this is for nothing. Right. Well, and the coaches keep saying it now. Is it coach speak? Possibly. But you know, Harson keeps saying, "Oh, we're almost there. We're, we're we just got a couple things to fix." And for once, I was like, "Wow, I actually believe that statement." Because up until that, you know, the Ole Miss game, I really didn't think we were that close. I was like, "We're not even really competing. We're competing for like not even a half." It feels like, and then it, the rest of the game is a, well, the other team's taking it away, and uh, best we can do is you know keep it within three scores <laughs> well and I, and I think go ahead AJ I'm sorry and that's just not like a that's not a fun way to watch New. or uh you know enjoy a game well one other thing I'll add um LSU went to Florida looked pretty good and won LSU looked really good against Ole Miss and we actually played L. I I mean we probably should have beaten LSU so yeah you know, if you're trying to look for any kind of positives here, okay, LSU's throwing the ball all over the field right now, and they had 85 yards passing against us. Now, obviously, they can get better, and maybe they figured something out, or maybe our secondary is pretty good. And, you know, if we can limit the the <laughs> exposure of the linebackers in any game, then maybe we can win some of these games. So, I, I don't know. I think also, I think you, you mentioned this, but you know, our defense has started to slip a little bit, but they also had to be very tired because we don't rotate a lot. And they got a bye week. So mm-hmm. get them healthy, get them rested, and uh, I do expect a good showing this weekend from them. Yeah. All right, let's jump into our final segment of the day, an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC, where you put on our orange-blue glasses and look at what happened in the SEC, which, you know, this week it was a little easier since we didn't have a game. So we had more time to watch other games or not. You know, I'm not judging. I didn't watch any. I was on vacation, so I was uh, out of cell service, and I I didn't even watch an SEC game. So, Jared, I'm going to lean a little heavy on you. I looked at you know scores <laughs> and some highlights from it, but you know, help me through you know some of the stuff that you saw in the SEC. Were there any games that you watched, and uh, you know what did you notice? 
Uh, well, we will allow it this one time, AJ, for you to not watch <laughs> any college football, but don't let it happen again. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw a good bit of the LSU Ole Miss. LSU looked really good. Um, Ole Miss looked, uh, they, they got, they looked like, uh, really, uh, the reason that I think Lane would potentially take the Auburn job, uh, Lane's coaching was only able to take them so far. They, he, he got them set up 17 to three and then the talent took over. Mm. Um, and I think that's going to be a problem. I mean, their, their schedule coming up is brutal. I mean, I, I think that's going to be a problem for them. Um, uh, Bama, I watched uh, Bama got up like 21 to nothing. I turned that off. So, I mean, Bryce Young looked like Bryce Young. Uh, they played really well. Um, the South Carolina-Texas A&M game was hard to watch. <laughs> At one point, South Carolina, I think, was up 17 to like 6. And they and going into halftime, they had like 60 yards of offense. They had returned, essentially returned to kickoff and recovered, I think, a fumble. Um, but they held on. And they beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M does not look good. Um, Tennessee blew out UT Martin. That was expected. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing about this is, I guess, a little off topic, but he, I don't know if you know, but I mean, Alabama. You, did you did you see the incident that happened at the end of the Tennessee game with one of their players? Yeah, yeah, where the Alabama player, you know, hit just a random, you know, female fan that was, yeah. you know, rushing the field. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that player played the entire game. Wait, really? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Um, he played. Saban's been asked multiple times about it, and his answers are, you know, a little vague and weird. Um, but, yeah, so that guy played the entire game. Uh, didn't, I didn't miss any time. Um, so, anyways. Classic just, Bama style, you know. Yeah, just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, I was a little surprised by that, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, a couple of things that I've observed – uh, as you were talking about this, first off, Tennessee is number three. Yep. Like I, I, it doesn't sound right to me. Does it like, does it, that it's been so long. Like it's been since I was a kid that I feel like Tennessee has been in the contention for a, you know, any kind of top 10 spot for goodness sakes. And now, you know, a spot in the playoffs and they're looking pretty solid. I actually predict them. I don't know if I've said it on here. I, I predict Tennessee to beat Georgia. I do predict Tennessee to slip up to someone because they don't have that championship mentality yet. Yeah, they keep doing this every year. They will. I think they'll slip up. They'll, maybe like a Kentucky or something. Um, but I think they beat Georgia. I think that in the big games they'll come prepared, ready to play. And and I think their scheme is just and their quarterback plays too good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think Georgia will be. I don't think Georgia can match their scoring as well as Alabama did. Not right now. Yeah. Um, Georgia will probably be great again next year on offense. And they're putting up points, but they're kind of wearing you down. But Tennessee will be too far up by then. I think Tennessee beats Georgia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, and, and somebody posed the question today, because Texas lost to Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, and they're 5-3 and three now. And they said, you know, is it possible Arch Manning were to – is it even a possibility that he would change his, um, you know, his uh, commitment? Commitment. From yeah. Texas to Tennessee, like if Tennessee's the new hot thing. You know, I think this is a – it's hard to say with Tennessee if this is going to be consistent. I mean, everybody – like everybody's talking about, you know, well, we should have gotten Josh Hype. Well, he was not actually – he was kind of one of those, like, this is probably the best we can get with what we got going on. Right. Um, And he's just done amazing work. So, I, he was not a sure thing. No, Will absolutely not. Will this continue? Not. I don't know. I mean, it, it was one of those things where they, they had gone through – however many coaches in a short span 
and it was literally turnover after turnover of coach. And they were just like, I just need something stable. Like let's write the ship before we you know go out and make that big splash hire. And like you, you pointed out, Hypool has had that success pretty quickly. And I don't know how many people or even Tennessee fans predicted this amount of a turnaround. I mean, I don't think any of them probably thought that that was possible this quickly. No, and they're terrible on defense, so that's why I think they'll lose a game. But offensively, it's going to be hard to keep it. I mean, they they beat they went into Baton Rouge. Since these play, LSU's playing really well, they destroyed LSU in Baton hmm. Rouge. Yeah. So I, 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 they're just playing really well, man. Yeah. Um, a couple other things that I noticed, and I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, LSU when they beat number seven Ole Miss, uh, they rushed the field. LSU fans did. Very and weird. I was like, what is going on? Like, Clemson did why? it with Syracuse. Clemson beat Syracuse <laughs> and rushed the field. Like, why? I don't get Can it. Can you explain it to me? I don't. I mean, I, I don't get it. I get the Tennessee-Alabama. I mean, that was 15 years of right, not winning. Right. That, that would be like Auburn not being Bama for that long, and, and Auburn does it at home, and just that, that would be an incredible environment to be in. But, like, that – that's not the same in my mind. You know, yeah, LSU I, doing that weird. I I don't get it. Two two yeah two like I said LSU did it by beating Ole Miss Syracuse. I mean Clemson beat Syracuse and rushed the field. Yeah. I I don't I know that was like a game that was back and forth and they almost lost, but <laughs> just I don't know, man. To me, rushing the field is reserved for kick sixes, prayers at Jordan Hare. Not I'm yep. just naming Auburn stuff, but you get the point. Or, or but, beating a team that you haven't beat in 15 years. Right. Like, like that's when you rush the field. The the yeah, exactly. The team that you're probably not predicted to beat, which I guess maybe they weren't predicted to beat Ole Miss. But, but not, yeah, but not they actually I think even were maybe they were. I don't, but yeah, that's not you don't rush the field beating Ole No offense, Ole Miss. Yeah. You don't rush the field beating Ole Miss. Right. And it's freaking game 7 for them. Like it's not even that far into their season. Like why? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I was surprised by that. And also, I don't understand the – maybe this is their multiple offense. I don't understand the charges. So, yeah. SEC fined them 240000 but Alabama – I mean, Tennessee only got fined 100000 Yeah, it's uh, – there's some sort of scale. I forget, like, first offense is pretty low, like $50,000, and then it goes up to hundred and like two fifty, and then, like I, – I forget. There is a limit, um, and two fifty might be the – 250000 might be the – limit it might be half a million honestly but i mean i get it it's for player safety i mean you're looking at you know what happened in alabama like for all we know you know a player you know a fan could have you know went up and you know it, it could happen you know you hit a, an opponent's uh you know oh the, their teammate i mean it could happen yeah there's no doubt fans should not be on the field like that's not a not a good thing um at all so fans should not be on the field but players also have if they do go on the field and they're not truly being threatened, they gotta. Everybody's gotta kind of know how to act, right? It's a celebration yeah. thing. Nobody's out there to now. If somebody's out there threatening you, then that's a whole different thing, right? But um, one other final thought, and I was just thinking about this. So, you know, South Carolina and Texas A and M. You know that game itself. You know, South Carolina beating Texas A and M. Like, what is going on over there at Texas A and M? Like. I just don't understand. Like, how much Jimbo is getting paid still? Like, we talked about it earlier. We talked about it on other podcasts. But the amount of money, you know, 
between, you know, if you look at, you know, you know, Shane Beamer's contract, you know, he should, he's getting about 5 million a year, which is, you know, right around kind of the same amount as a lot of other coaches in the SEC. But then you look at, you know, like what the pretty much, you know, the big names are getting, it's closer to the $10 million mark now. And it's like, Hey, guess who's up there too? Texas A&M's coach. And it's like, how is a coach making that much money compared to like, you know, South Carolina where they have a lot less talent. I just like still blows my mind that that, that even happened. Like Texas A&M should beat South Carolina every year. It, it shouldn't even be a comp- competition. So. Uh, yeah. I, Jimbo needs to, who was our defensive coordinator in 2013? I don't even remember. Uh, Ted, was it Ted Roof or was that 2010? I, I don't know who the D coordinator was, but he needs to send a, a percentage of every paycheck to that person. Cause if we stop him with a minute left from winning that championship, he's probably fired from Florida state and who knows what he's doing right now. Right. He got a ridiculous contract off that season. Um, and I don't think he's a very good coach and, um, it's kind of showing, um, he had a good year during COVID, but that was a weird year. He had all senior offensive linemen and I, I still go back to the fact that even, you know, Auburn should have beaten them mm-hmm. very, very easily could have beaten yeah. them in a year where we fired Gus. Yep. So, um, that's about the only year he's got to kind of hang his hat on why he's at A&M. And that was just a weird year with a ton of senior players, man. I, I mean, I feel like we're in a interesting spot with Harson, but Texas A&M has to be thinking, wow, we're, we're in it. We're in some big doo-doo with him. Um, if he can't turn this thing around with his recruiting classes that he's already getting, I, I just don't understand. I truly don't. I, I think that, um, I think his recruiting class from last year will fall apart. You know, if, if mm. something doesn't turn around here, I mean, he, you got a bunch yeah. of five stars that are like, Hey, I can, I can freely enter the portal and go play at Alabama. Or, I mean, we might even get lucky and grab a few if we get the right coach. I mean, so like if you get Lane Kiffin in here and I'm just throwing a name out, but an energetic guy that can dial up offense and, you know, there's five stars that want to leave because they're not offense and working. I mean, it'd be a pretty, it'd be, and we need you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and if it's truly where our NIL, uh, on the victory has gotten to where people are saying it's gotten to. There's there's a lot of potential there, so they, they could get in trouble real quick down in A and M. Right. Well, and you saw like uh, what was it right after, um, you know, Orgeron at LSU. You know, after that happened and things started falling apart. You know, Orgeron got fired. You know, or you know, talk even of like, yeah, we're we're not gonna you know keep a guy. You know, players start thinking, huh. I might transfer and Auburn's kind of in that spot now. Like that's kind of the fear is our guys going to leave after Harson gets fired. Um, I would, I would hope that they would stay, but it's bound to happen that there will be some that transfer out. And I think Texas A&M, like you mentioned so there, I feel like there's an even higher potential of some of these guys leaving. If they're, they're not seeing the success they're going to be like, all right, let's go find another school that I can take my talents to. And they're saying, Hey, I got you know, guaranteed play time and success, you know, on the, on the field itself. Yeah. They're, they're going to do it. So two things real quick. And, and this is all I'll say. And then I'll, I'll be done. Um, number one, you make a great point. Our players can leave as well. This is where the fans come into play. So if we go out there, our last three home games show up, great fan support, 
then a lot of these kids are going to be like, listen, I love Auburn. I just need a better offense or defense, right? Like, as long as that comes along, I'm cool. I'm going to stay here. Right. fans can play a big part in whether kids stay or not. Not all of them, but a big part. You know, I was just looking at, I don't know if you saw a video of Stanford. Uh, Their their stands were next to empty. Like, it looked more empty than, like, an A-Day game or something. And that was literally at kickoff. And I was, like, thinking, wow, I'm so thankful that Auburn fans show up to even the smaller games when we aren't having that great of a season. And they're loud and they're proud. I mean, like you said, we, we could have beaten you know teams like LSU because of that environment. And yeah. you know, a couple of things just didn't go our way. And that no that the fans did their part showing up. And you know, like you said, that com- kind of comes back to the recruiting piece of the, the recruits that come to these games, they see the fans, they're like, these fans just are tough as nails. They're out here supporting a team when they don't even know if the coach is going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. No doubt. I agree with you, man. All right, Jared, how can people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.